curses the man who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. The invitation today coming from the scriptures is that we cannot rely on things which are created, on our human understanding, our human way of doing things, unless we turn to the Lord, unless we listen to him, unless we uh, accept his commandments, accept him as, a, as someone who has revealed the truth about us, about our, our nature, then we will never be happy. As a matter of fact, we'll experience, as the scripture speaks to us, being cursed, being someone who is rejected, someone who is not able to live a life worthy of us, worthy, truly worthy of, of God. And then the scripture continues to give a description of what it looks like, someone who trusts himself, trusts in the flesh or in human beings, is like a tree that's planted near a, a, a salty water, a lava, that cannot produce any good fruit. But the one who trusts in the Lord is like a tree that's planted near a river where it always has water, it's always nourished, and it will produce great fruit that invitation to be men and women who rely on God, not on others, is something very, very important. This is the, the responsorial psalm speaks in the same way. Blessed is the one who follows not the counsel of the wicked, nor walks in the way of sinners, nor sits in the company of the insolent, but who delights in the law of the Lord. Once again, the invitation is from the responsorial psalm to trust in God. The gospel itself, we are familiar with the story of, of the rich man and Lazarus. Sometimes the name is given as Dives, the rich man, because that's a Latin term for the word rich person, Dives or Dives. It is a, one of these powerful invitations for us to look at ourselves. Once again, he had many possessions. He was wealthy, he had everything. But there's one thing that he did not see is the beggar who was living at his door. He could not see the beggar, he could not. He was not moved by him, he was not moved by his misery, by his poverty, he was not moved. The fact is that he was hungry, that there were sores on him. And so the scripture says today to us, and it's a powerful invitation. Do we see the other person near us who is in need? Or the love of God sufficient without the love of neighbor? It appears that the rich man was a believer. He understood. He knew who Abraham was. He understood, you know, that revelation was given, the covenant. He understood, but he did not see the beggar. And this is where the, the drama comes the drama of someone who lived his life without really seeing the poverty of someone next door or the poverty maybe even closer. I remember there's a gentleman in Houston, Galveston, Texas, and what happened to him is he became involved with Divine Mercy. His, his, actually, his aunt, he had an aunt who was a nun, who gave him a, a divine mercy. 
booklet, the as we call it, M17. So he became familiar with Divine Mercy. And he was so moved by that, that he wanted to do something for the poor. And so what he did is he set up, first of all, like a, um, you know, a kitchen for the poor. But what he did is he did it in a business district where all the business people were. And because he wanted them to see the poverty, because sometimes when you see the poverty, someplace we're far away from you, from one ourselves, and we don't see it. So what he did, he set up this kitchen, but quickly he understood that he had to do something more. He set up a restaurant, which means that the, the poor, the homeless were there. They would come up and they would say, they, I'd like to come to dinner on such or such a date. And so before they would come to this dinner, he offered them a new clothing, you know, that he would take care of them, shave them, whatever needed to be done. And so he began to treat the, the, the poor, the homeless with the dignity. And, and, and he created this restaurant with candlelight dinner and it was served, served the poor. And he began to, to collect resources from those who were working in the business district quite well to do. But what, what he did is something special for the poor. And he wanted them to be visible. He wanted them to be seen by those who otherwise would not see. And then from there he continued and he set up uh, not only the restaurant and the place where they could, you know, take a shower, wash, whatever they needed, new clothing. And then he also set up a clinic for them. So when they came, because many of them, whether they were diabetic or others, so they couldn't eat everything. And, and, and I, I, I marvel at his ideas of how to take care of the poor. Uh, he's, he's someone who I, I deeply respect and what he's done. And then subsequently, the, uh, the, the, the town and the, and the county around uh, began to, well, he was the one who initiated, but that he created the sort of almost healthcare system for them as well. So they, they would be able to be checked, you know, and uh, periodically for their health status. So this clinic not only was, was, was located in a particular place, but it spread throughout the county and then subsequently even several counties. The, uh, the, how, how a creative person wanted to treat those who are poor, those who are in need, those who are homeless. I created for them as a whole network that, that would supply their basic needs when it comes to food or clothing, uh, health, whatever they needed. I think this is what, what the Lord is asking us today. What do we do? Do we see the people who are nearby, those who are in need? Are we, do you notice them? And the second aspect of this is that, you know, as in a dialogue itself where the rich man is asking Abraham, he says, send Lazarus to help me out. Help me out. Uh, I, am, I am experiencing these torments of being separated from God, torments of, 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 of hell. And yet there's no way, there's no way to, to, to cross the barrier between heaven and hell. That is a separation that is for, for life, for eternity. And, and so the rich man says, well, at least send someone to my brother so they don't end up in the same place as I do. 
And, and Abraham says, well, they have the revelation. They have the Moses, the prophets, the covenant. They have already received revelation. And he says, but, but the, the rich man says, but even if someone who, who came from the dead would tell them that he, they would believe. And Jesus says, even death is not possible. If they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded if someone should arise from the dead. Powerful lesson for today, this invitation to take the, the commandments of love of God and neighbor as one, to, to love the Lord with all one's heart. And when, when one's soul requires us to also love the neighbor. I'd like to share something today about St. Patrick. There are many reflections on St. Patrick, the wonderful reflections, and especially today, uh, whoever is of Irish descent, today is not only St. Patrick's Day, but it's a, like a special celebration for the people of Ireland and their beautiful gifts that they have brought here to this country. And so it's a wonderful, wonderful expression of honoring not only the patron saint, St. Patrick's, but also the, the, the input and the great input of the Irish people to, to, to the world, because there are so many uh, Irish uh, people every place, you know, around the world, every place. And, and for generations and generations, for hundreds of years, it was the Irish priests who would go around the world introducing Christianity every place. Uh, Irish monks who spread in the 9th, 10th century in Europe. The Irish priests, especially 19th, 20th century, moving to you know, Africa and other places. So, so there's an extraordinary gift that the Irish people in their faith have contributed and given to the world. And we need to honor, not only as we remember St. Patrick, but also to honor their great input and so, so today, I wanted to share something that I kind of discovered. As I said, I, I, I've read the stories of, and reflections on St. Patrick, but I've never read, and I have to admit, what is known as the St. Patrick's Confessio, Confessio, is something that he wrote himself, about himself, about what he did, which is the authentic writing of, of, of St. Saint Patrick himself, and it struck me with what simplicity he wrote, with what simplicity he gave witness to the power of God in his life, what he was able to do. And he admits his own shortcomings, he admits his limitations, he admits other things which are there. But if I were just to read to you, just very few, but there's these, these there are like 40, uh, uh, paragraphs on what he wrote about himself. And then he says in that simplicity, my name is Patrick. I am a sinner, a simple country person, and the least of all believers. I am looked down upon by many. My father was Calpurnius. He was a deacon. His father was Patitus, a priest who lived in Benevem, Tabournier. His home was near there, and there is where I was taken prisoner. I was about 16 at that time. At that time, I did not know the true God. 
I was taken into captivity in Ireland, along with thousands of others. We deserve this because we had gone away from God and did not keep his commandments. We would not listen to our priests who advised us about how we could be saved. The Lord brought his strong anger upon us and scattered us among many nations, even to the ends of the earth. It was among foreigners that it was seen how little I was. It was there that the Lord opened my awareness to my lack of faith. Even though it came about late, I recognized my failings. So I turned with all my heart to the Lord, my God, and he looked down on my lowliness and had mercy on my youthful ignorance. He guarded me before I knew him and before I came to wisdom and could distinguish between good and evil. He protected me and consoled me as a father does his son. That is why I cannot be silent, nor would it be good for me to do so about such great blessings and such a gift that the Lord so kindly bestowed in the land of my captivity. This is how we can repay such blessings when our lives change and we come to know God, to praise and bear witness to his great wonders before every nation under heaven. This is because there is no other God, nor will there be ever be, nor was there ever except God the Father. He is the one who is not forgotten, the one without a beginning, the one from whom all beginnings come, the one who holds all things in being. This is our teaching and his son, Jesus Christ, whom we testify had always been since before the beginning of this age with the Father in the spiritual way. He was begotten in an indescribable way before every beginning. Everything we can see and everything beyond our sight was made through him. He became a human being and having beyond our sight was made through him. He became a human being and having overcome Death was welcome to the heavens, to the Father. The Father gave him all power over every being, both heavenly and earthly and beneath the earth. Let every tongue confess that Jesus Christ, in whom we believe and whom we await to come back to us in the near future, is the Lord, our God. He's judge of the living and of the dead. He rewards every person according to their needs and according to their deeds. He has generously poured on us the Holy Spirit, the gift of promise of immortality who makes believers and those who listen to be children of God and to be co-heirs of Christ. This is the one we acknowledge and adore, one God in a trinity of sacred name. I want to just comment here if we read, and it's available, if you ever go, go on the internet and just take a look, called Confessio of St. Patrick. He, the way he describes his life, the way he describes his faith, the way he describes the events of his life, speak to us of that in not only the incredible faith that he had, but that total honesty of living that faith. He describes when he was, when he escaped 
and then when he needed to go by boat to escape the, you know the, the place and 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 how he was treated and what happened they there at that moment they were in a very difficult situation they had no food they were in trouble and and the captain said to him the one who was the leader the captain says okay christian you say you believe in god but then call out, call upon because we're going to be we're going to be dead here and 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 patrick says yes i will call upon the lord but you have to call with me call upon him and so in the situation where they found themselves you know and walking through a, a type of deserted place and no food all of a sudden uh, a whole uh, uh, number of, of pigs show up and they they find food and 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 they said well now we have to we have to honor god the one who is the one is the true god and it's example after example we see how he lived his faith this is why he's truly a patron of Ireland. He's a patron of all those who are doing missions on behalf of the Lord. He's the one who did something extraordinary. And I think that, you know, uh, to look upon him as someone who, yes, someone in the past, yes, someone who was great, but we don't know why. No, he was a witness to Christ in that simplicity. He understood himself as someone who was broken, who was sinful, who did not believe. Even later in his life, some, there's a time when he said that he recalled something when he did when he was 15 or 16, and all of a sudden people were spreading rumors about him. You know, because he says he, says he had to face difficulties. He, he was also brilliant in the way he did his mission. You know, he, uh, he according to the, the biographers, he was 48 years old, when after 20 years of being a pastor, he heard that voice, that he should go back, that voice that he was calling to go back where he was. And he heard it in a way that he understood that this was an, with an Irish accent or Irish language at that time, that he needed, needed to go back. How do you go back to the people who persecuted you? How do you go back to the people who wanted you, not only enslaved you, but wanted to, to kill you? And so is this with this type of courage that he had, uh, the wisdom that he had to be a missionary, he created a team of people to go with him and, and to incorporate Christianity into culture. So it wasn't something like many did where they would use, you know, Latin or, or they would use, uh, you know, Roman traditions to 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 bring forth faith for him he wanted to incorporate faith right into the culture of the people themselves and so ever since then you know the the faith in the irish people became so strong so powerful because he was able to enter the very hearts of the people with the christian message and this is what irish missionaries were able to do just as patrick did to go out throughout the world and bring Christianity in such a powerful way. Maybe then today, as we continue the sacred liturgy, where we not only are invited to live our faith, the love of God and love of neighbor has to be one, where we have to take care of one another, but in a special way to take care of those who are believers or those who lack faith or those whose faith is weak, that we may, in imitation of St. Patrick, 
be able to convey our faith with such clarity that they embrace it, that they follow the Lord, they rely on him, that we are the witnesses to God's providential care so that, that others who may be weak in faith will be come to know the Lord, believe in him, rely on him, that they may not only embrace with that love God himself, but also embrace one another as, as all of us are in need of God's comfort, God's grace, God's healing strength, or, or in need of material goods. And then as we today, in a special way, also remember those who are suffering in, 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 uh, in Ukraine today, that we may pray for them through this, the sacred liturgy, that they may also come to know the power of God's love, God's strength, even amidst the difficulties and sufferings. We pray for the conversion of, of uh, Putin and, and, and those who have set themselves on this path of destruction. And we know that God hears us. God will hear our prayer. God will give us the grace to live out our days in fidelity to him because he has, he has that grace and power available to us for the asking. We then, as we continue with the sacred liturgy, ask the Lord for that help to be men and women of faith so that one day we may share eternal glory. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.